1: Welcome back. It's MPBC. Did something just break in here? It's uh, MPB- a symbol
2: in there? What's going on?
1: <laughs> what happened? I thought I just. Uh, anyway, all right. Good start. Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. Good show coming up for you today here in just a couple of moments. We'll speak with Jason Truffaut, the uh, athletic director at the uh, Mississippi University for Women. And a little bit later in the show. We'll speak with Scott Weatherby, the interim athletic director at Mississippi State University. It's athletic director day. We didn't intend <laughs> for it to be that way, necessarily. We were just co- uh, following a couple of interesting stories uh, here in the state of Mississippi. But it looks like it's uh, the A.D. show. Uh, so there you go. It's totally fine. Um, so some interesting stuff to go on uh, later on in the show. We'll have some more picks and we'll have some interesting uh, questions in the minutes uh, segment Um Some games this weekend, high school football really ramping up, getting close to the playoffs for some, into the playoffs for others. But first, we'll dig right into it. And we welcome in now the Athletics Director at the Mississippi University for Women. Released their logo last week and all of their uh, new branding and imaging for the university. It looks awesome. It does. It is really, really cool. Uh, Jason Trufant is our guest now. And Jason, thank you for your time this morning.
3: Good morning, guys thanks for having
1: me absolutely well I, I know um, earlier this year early in the uh, in the calendar year 2016 uh, the, the school began looking for their uh, uh, for a new athletics director and uh, you are that guy now tell us a little bit about your background and how uh, you wound up uh, getting into the spot
3: well, I'll tell you, I'm originally from, from the Syracuse, New York area, uh, born and raised in New York, uh, so so the weather down here is a little bit of a shock for me, but, uh, <laughs> you know, my parents just, just left from a visit that uh, they're heading back into 30-degree weather, so I don't feel too bad for myself on that end. But, uh, you know, I've been in intercollegiate athletics for uh, going on 16 years now uh, at the coaching and administrative level uh played Division One baseball at the University of Albany, uh, but, uh, you know, quickly moved into coaching and to administration after that. And I was an a, a associate AD uh, at two schools on Long Island uh, prior to Division Two schools on Long Island prior, which, you know, where I was able to, you know, hone my craft, I guess you could say. Yeah. But uh you know, when this opportunity came up, I was contacted by a couple people and said, hey, just take a look. And, uh, you know, once I got off the plane here uh, for the interview, the in-person interview, it was very clear as where I wanted to be.
1: Well, Jason, let me ask you, man. Uh, you're talking about going from Long Island to Columbus, Mississippi, man. You you hopped a flight to another planet. Uh, <laughs> well, I, what... hopped
3: in a, I hopped in a, in a car, which was 17 hours. <laughs> oh my uh, goodness! Another planet is a that's a pretty good way to explain it. That... Uh, you know, uh, I grew up in a small town, though. My wife grew up in a small town. She's from the uh, the uh, the Illinois side of St. Louis. Um, so you know, it's this is more home for us than anything. You know, Long Island is a great place to live and work, uh, but this is where we would like to raise our family.
1: Well, tell us about uh, the, the 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 relaunch into athletics and uh, what what are the goals uh, for folks? Where you know, what what levels will you be competing at? Conferences, opponents, rivals, things like that. Uh, there's there's a whole lot of different directions for this sure. to go. Sure.
3: Talk for hours on that. You know, we're we're our focus is Division three. Uh, we want to create a, a an environment here, an academic based environment that will provide use athletics to provide a, a quality student athlete experience, uh, and that's important for our coaches and everybody who who knows about the W knows about the academics, and we're just going to integrate athletics right into that. You know, our first six sports that we're going to launch next fall will be men's and women's cross country, uh, baseball softball, women's volleyball, and men's soccer. Um, you know, and identifying three men's sports and three women's sports was important for me, and also identifying sports that were uh, that would fit into this university right away. And then in the second phase in 2018, we'll fill out the complement of sports up to 12 to 14 sports total. Uh, conference affiliation-wise, you know, we're we're working with a consultant to place us in the best spot we can. Uh, the beautiful thing about Division III is you don't need conference sponsorship as you start the process of membership. Um, so that'll be interesting for us to go through that, and and we'll be able to play all the local schools, you know, the Division III schools and the NAI schools and the on the the front side, so we can get our feet wet in in the uh, programs.
2: Yeah, how important is that to have a a school like Belhaven in the area to to assist you I guess in your uh, launching back into collegiate athletics?
3: It, it's huge. It, it having having a neighbor so close and and going through the process previously is huge for us and and the consultant that we're working with also works with with uh with them as well. So it's a it's a very good unique tie um and you know it's it allows us to not make mistakes, you know, and and learn from from the past and And move forward in a positive direction. So we're taking care of not only the student athletes but the campus community.
2: And Jason, I'll also ask you: three men's sports for the uh, Mississippi University for Women. Hey, I I wasn't good enough to play sports, so (laughs) nobody would really ask me to be on a team. But uh, was that a? I I don't want to say a a sticking point there, but uh, well, how do you how do you address that? I guess there's not really much to, you know. You
3: know, it, it, the W, it, it is it is what it is, and we are who we are. Um, and, you know, it was important for me when we started in, back in June to, to identify an athletics mark um, that could be you know, transmitted universally and it could be used by uh, men's and women's sports. You know, the W would have been hard to, to put on a uniform, or the complete name would be hard to put on a uniform, especially for men's sports. Yeah. So it was important <laughs> for us to use that new logo and have it identify with – with men's and women's sports alike. And, uh, you know, the coaches that we're bringing in here, we're, we're teaching them, hey, be able to tell the story. Tell the story of our university and why we are who we are. And, you know, kids want to play, and they'll want to play here. Um, and I'm very confident in that, and I, and I know our coaches do a good job recruiting.
1: The You mentioned uh, the logo and, and uh, the nickname, the Owls, the color scheme, which is uh, it's kind of, a I guess, a, a royal blue or a little darker on – on uh, some carolina blue or sky blue um i I saw this i I was i was i saw the story uh on uh, chris creamer's sportslogos.com website and he's a he's a nationally renowned uh, i guess uh, media member to a certain extent sports media member but he's just uh he's an incredible follow on twitter and facebook and the and the website is fascinating especially if you're a logo or uniform dork and and he had a feature story on on uh, the w there and their their relaunch of the athletics and and that had to be a lot of fun can you tell us a little bit about the process of of developing the logo and and the nickname the color scheme the whole thing and and how your imaging and branding is going
3: sure you know i started here june 6th and i think on june 7th we made a call to joe bozak and company out of philadelphia uh, a national branding company that uh... to help us with this uh... because it wasn't something that could be done you know just at a, at the spur of a hat you know it was important for us to identify with a company that had national recognition and understood what we were trying to do so you know the very first steps of the process were very easy it was basically ask us a bunch of questions about the university about columbus and in, in, in general and and what we were looking to accomplish from the new athletic identity uh... and then from there you know just consistent phone calls and and meetings and, you know, they ended up coming up with five proposals um, for us to look at. And, you know, as you're sitting there on your computer screen and, it, you know, it's just exciting at that point. You start seeing it. seeing it. And then this one stood out, to be honest with you, and the one we're using. Uh, but we were able to, to mesh uh, two or three of those concepts into one uh, to create, you know, in my, in my opinion, the perfect mark for the institution. It was important for us to incorporate the W as best we could uh, so we were – you know really taking that traditional side but moving it forward into a a modern athletic image uh and that's been that's been our goal you know the colors are our traditional university colors the thing that i love about that is you know we are not um common colors in this area you know we are not maroon or we're not crimson or, you know the navy blue and and the uh, the quote it's welty blue is um those are unique colors for this area so we'll have another uh opportunity to stand out in the community at, at large having the story on the internet we had over 23,000 hits on our facebook page you know when that story was released uh, and our uh, university relations department is doing an outstanding job fielding questions and and pushing that logo as best possible
1: our guest jason trufant the athletic director at the mississippi university for women uh you mentioned earlier uh the fact that at the at the level that you are entering into the game uh, and Sam mentioned one. You know, he mentioned Millsaps. Saps. there, there are there's a ton of teams in Mississippi, uh, or schools, I should say, uh, that that kind of fit into the the area that you're entering into the athletic realm. I mean, I could think of you know Blue Mountain College or Rust and um, William Carey, Millsaps, Bellhaven, um, Tugaloo. There's a bunch of them all over the place. Have you have you begun? And this it may be way too early in the stage at this point. I, I may no, be getting no, ahead of us. But you have know, you reached out to those schools?
3: Yeah, those conversations have already have already begun. You know, our volleyball coach is uh you know, locking down dates uh for next fall for you know, to play institutions, you know, like the Millsaps and the and the, the Bellhavens of the World and the Huntingtons of the World, um, you know, and our soccer coach who's you know hasn't even arrived yet but he's also he's working very hard to to uh put a schedule together already and, and that's really you know, when these coaches come in that's my first focus start recruiting, start scheduling. I'll handle the rest for you. You know, the the budgets will we'll, we'll get that done. I'm not worried about that. But I need you to get, get yourself on the map in the recruiting world, and I need you to get yourself on the map in the scheduling. Once that happens, we're able to recruit off campus, meaning we can take our teams' places and, and play at other institutions. They can see what we're all about. Um, and it also gives our coaches a, a little bit of uh, – I guess validity is the best word for it. Is no, they are real and they are doing what, what they said they were going to do, and they are out here playing and, and playing at a high level.
2: Jason, how important or how excited is the entire university to uh, to have athletics back? This is athletics is kind of looked at, I guess, as sort of a uh, the front porch of the uh, of, of a college where it's a lot more visual than uh, say maybe some of the ath- academic uh, side of the institution.
3: I used that yesterday in, a, in a, a group that I had to speak to. Is that you know we are the front porch, we are visible on and off campus, which is a tremendous honor, and, and it's it, it's worked well for this campus. Uh, the campus community itself, there's such a buzz. You, you just drive onto campus, you feel something different. Uh, when that logo came out last week, there was a tremendous buzz. People are more upset that the actual apparel release won't be until December one. You know they, they get to see the logo and then. But in time uh, for won. Christmas. Yeah, it's. And that was designed, you know, to get that out before Christmas so people could have it and, and own it. And that's what we've been upfront with all about is wanting the campus community and the Columbus community to to put their hands around this this athletic department and this logo and everything we're doing and and being able to touch it, feel it, and be a part of it. Uh, which is it'll be unique, you know. We expect people to. Line up for our games, and you know, be be positive supporters of this program.
1: Absolutely. Well, this is a lot of fun. We've got a new team to root for now, and uh, we're excited about that. Absolutely gorgeous campus now has some athletics to uh, to match with that uh, to its identity, and, uh, and a historic place has uh, has another chapter to write. Now, hey, Jason, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it.
3: No problem, guys. Anytime,
2: and uh, best of luck to you guys in the future. All right,
1: we appreciate it, Jason, Jason. Jason Trufant, he is the athletic director. At the Mississippi University for Women, the Owls. I want
2: to get one of those shirts, man. It, that, that's a great looking it logo. Is,
1: it is. We're gonna have to uh, post it on our social media. It is an awesome logo and color scheme. The whole thing is is really really cool, and the fact that they're they're diving in at Division three, and there are so many schools across the state of Mississippi that play in and around that area. That you know, that Division three NAIA, like he talked about. Uh, there's going to be lots of opportunities for instant rivalries um, and not even necessarily rivalries, but just, you know, fun.
2: Good old-fashioned fun. Yeah,
1: fun series (laughs) with, with teams that are very, very close by. That'll be a lot of fun to watch. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Scott Weatherby, Interim Athletic Director at Mississippi State University. Great conversation there and one more coming up right here. This is Season Pass on Think Radio.
0: Listen to stories and shows. Go to mpbonline.org. Baseball
2: fans in Cleveland and Chicago know all about rooting for the perennial underdog. So what happens when your hard luck team actually wins?
0: It's like winning a lottery in a way. Uh, You have this good fortune fall upon you and you're not really sure how to adjust your identity.
2: I'm Ari Shapiro. Advice from fans on post-curse living. Later on, All Things Considered from NPR News
0: today at four on mpb think radio podcasts of your favorite
1: mpb think radio programs are available now with any podcast app you can search subscribe and never miss a second of mpb think radio Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jason. I'm Jay White, not Jason Klein. Jason. Yeah, talking to him earlier. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you can call me whatever you want. Hey, by the way, it's 20 minutes into the show. We haven't talked about the fact that the Chicago Cubs... Are the world champions of baseball, Sam? You are a lifelong fan, so congratulations. It was. You're not uh, a bandwagon fan. You are a lifelong no, fan. It congratulations.
2: Was, it's it was something else, man. I told you before the show started. I, I didn't know that I would be as emotional about uh, about that as I was when it happened. Right. And right. Uh, it was it was great. I, I you know I'm getting kind of emotional about it right now. I, that was a, that was an incredible well, game, let me an incredible series, and uh, man,
1: as a as an Oakland Athletics lifelong fan. One one in nineteen eighty nine when I was a kid, and the way that team was set up, it was like, okay, well, this is the first of many. And guess what? That was the last that they've won. Nineteen eighty nine. They made the playoffs about thirteen times since then. They find a way to lose in glorious and spectacular fashions.
2: <laughs> I thought we were that so, no way last night.
1: Uh, enjoy it. Um, I'll say this, and I, it, we've got time to speak about this at the end. But uh, uh, in a losing effort. And I, I I can't say this enough as a baseball dork. That Rajay Davis at bat when he hit that game tying home run. Oh man, that's the. I mean, I get emotional as a baseball dork. I get emotional about that play. That's the best. That's the best at bat I will ever see in my lifetime. It is over.
2: It was great. It It is over
1: right now. That is the best at bat I will ever see. He took a 101 mile an hour fastball, six inches off the outside corner at the belt. On a one-two pitch for a ball then he fouled three more sliders off before hitting that home run to tie game seven of the world series and what was at the bottom of the eight yeah the that eighth is inning. that is insane that is mind-blowing yeah. clutch it was crazy I, and okay i got to get off of it because that's i'll, yeah, we gotta I'll get to wh- you i'll blow you guys away with nuts and bolts we gotta for get to Weatherby. You we're know, we gonna
2: right. get to weatherby we got <laughs> plenty of time to talk about it at the end <laughs> You're All right. About- uh,
1: yeah, but absolutely. Congratulations uh, to Cubs fans and uh, former Ole Miss Rebel Chris Coughlin yes. on their roster. Got into the game last night. Uh, pinch, pinch ran, ran. Uh, in a in
2: a key situation in the game. I also, I'm not ashamed to uh, to say it. I texted. Uh- our guest of a uh, former guest of our show, uh, Don Kessinger, last night told him congratulations on the Cubs right. World Series title. I'm pretty sure he was asleep, um, but uh, and I'm also pretty sure I'm not the only one who's congratulated him today. A, uh, a dime, Without a doubt, a life uh, a, a, a lifelong Cubs fans' dream come true. And I'm sure for him, especially playing all those years with the the '69 uh, debacle uh, for the Cubs, I'm sure he uh, he slept well last night after that.
1: Absolutely. All right, uh, Scott Weatherby is the interim athletic director at Mississippi State, promoted to the position. Scott Strickland took the athletic director's job at the University of Florida. Take this uh, conversation with him yesterday afternoon. We started it off uh, by asking him, how has his job changed on a day-to-day basis, going from the position he held previously to now being the guy who who's running the show?
4: Things are... Uh... Actually, a lot different. Uh, I was talking to Scott Strickland um, yesterday and and the conversation was it's almost like a light switch goes on, and all of a sudden uh, things are a lot uh, the view's a lot different um, and decisions are a lot more final and there's a reality to um, actually be sitting in the athletic director's chair and know everybody's kind of looking at you for decisions and even though it's a short period of time, there are still decisions that are going on every day that we have to make and um so i'm taking those on and uh trying to reach out to scott and others uh, that i have leaned on before if i need help and uh it's been a good process so far
1: i would love to get uh just kind of a all encompassing snapshot of what goes on i think a lot of people when they think about the athletic director they think you know m- maybe the guy that needs to step in in a pr situation or maybe the guy that hires and fires uh, the coaches for the top two or three jobs. And that's, that's kind of most of the time what you hear about the athletic director. But, I mean, there's decision with regard to tickets and the Bulldog Club and facilities and marketing and compliance, which is a whole other planet. Uh, there's just so much that goes on with the athletic director that he, he kind of has to touch on a, I'm, I'm guessing, near daily basis.
4: That's correct. I get updates um, a couple times a day from compliance. <laughs> and You know, because we have so many different student athletes, and we're trying to get recruits coming in. And uh, you know, I've got a coach reaching out and saying, "I got a recruit coming in, and can you meet with that recruit?" And and you know, so we're starting those process. But then each area you kind of just mentioned, each one has to come and say, "Hey, this is what's going on in my area. I need a decision on this. Are you okay with that? Here's my budget. I don't have the money for that. Can you find some room somewhere else?" And you work with your CFO um there's even the hey I I didn't like the way this game went and they'll <laughs> send you an email or tweet at you and I'm the type of person that wants to try to respond to everybody and and um, be real hands-on and, and know that we are listening and and uh, trying to react accordingly so you have all those different different things going on so my inbox after you know a Saturday football game of whether the sun was too hot and it beat down on me or the gates weren't (laughs) open in time or, you know, there's all those different things. Then I got a really nice note about uh, a parking attendant that helped somebody that get hurt that had to go and get stitches and wanted to say thank you. So you run the gamut of very high level. I'm, you know, today and tomorrow I'm in um, construction planning meetings and and looking at what we can do for the east side at Davis Wade Stadium and, you know, the building construction, of the football or the – video board for duty noble and then turn around and try to have the plans ready and everything ready to go come June to start building, um, our new dude. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of different moving parts and you just try to keep them all juggling.
1: So let me ask you, you come from, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned, uh, trying to be accessible to the fans. You come from, uh, a more of a, um, a marketing and branding background. And so that's, that has to do with, making the university's athletic departments that you've been with um, uh, more relatable and accessible to fans. So how changing from that department to being to, to more overseeing the entire thing, How have you figured out or are you still learning how much of a wall that you kind of have to put between you and um, a certain amount of uh, the fan base, if you will?
4: Yeah, that's, that's actually one of the, so far been one of the toughest things is, is the my external staff that we would interact all the time um... and you try to tell them your door is always open yet how come it's closed and i can't come see you um, you know you, you battle through that and i tell them you know i'm going to lean on you more to help answer some of these um, issues and use your best judgment based on what we've done the last three and a half years and make making those decisions and most of them know um, how I would respond or the answer um, and if it's real critical they can get to me and and, and you are you're, you're trying not to create that barrier we don't need silos and we don't need uh, it's not about me because it's we have a great staff and Scott's been really good about that um, over the last few years to allow us to just make some you know, tough decisions or make the right decisions and help our fan um, environment and, and the experience that we have for our student athletes so I'm going to try to continue that. And, and when we put um, our student-athletes first, when we're asking the question, how does this benefit them, or how does this benefit our fans and their experience at our events, our games, our matches, when we put those two things in the forefront, usually you can answer the question pretty easily, and, and we can do that as a group.
2: Scott, you brought up Twitter earlier uh... How important is social media these days for uh, college administration? I know a lot of ads and a lot of college, uh, collegiate football coaches and other coaches from around the country really engage with fans. Uh, I guess it's kind of a fine line there. You want to engage, but you don't want to get too involved in it either.
4: Yeah, I think um, I think it's uh, kind of a necessary evil. Maybe um, <laughs> I think you you have to have it, and it, it's challenging for me. I'm 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 a very outgoing person, but I'm also not somebody that feels like my life is that exciting to actually tweet about things. And, and so I do a lot of retweeting, don't have a lot of followers. Then on the other spectrum, Scott was very creative, had over 50,000 followers, and, and he always was insightful on a daily basis and very engaging. And our fans want that and kind of expect that. So um, obviously if I'm in the chair too long, I need to up, up that game. But it's very <laughs> important for our staff, and we focus on digital media, a lot and we do a lot of advertising and a lot of our um, stories we tell and those things are all based on social because it is very important you know here in Startville, we don't have you know the uh, a big big newspaper or we don't have um, the TV stations that are just right here in our backyard so we're actually the ones telling the story and getting the news out so it's really important and we use whether it's Facebook or Twitter or. You know Instagram and now they're in the Snapchat and I don't understand all those,
0: but
4: we we do them um, and we do them well from what I hear. So,
0: right,
1: yeah, I I don't Instagram and Snapchat, I don't I don't understand those either. It seems like some of the other ones, the older ones, serve the same purpose. But eh, I guess that's neither here nor there. But
2: y'all let me li- you need to listen to Everyday Tech on MPB right. uh, on MPB <laughs> Think Radio that's every right. Wednesday. That's right.
1: <laughs> let me ask you about Scott Strickland's move to Florida. The news kind of got. It, it it got to the public, or the I, I, I want to say the the speculation of the move, um, um, got to the the media and the public. Uh, I'm I'm sure well before uh, a lot of the parties wanted that to happen, and so there was kind of this long lingering period, where I'm sure Scott was in anguish over what is an extremely tough decision between. Uh, incredible once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and what is absolutely home for him uh how was that that time working with him being close to him what what was that like
4: yeah it was uh it was, you know it's kind of tough to to watch a little bit with him I mean I know how excited he was um uh, to have the opportunity it's not something that he um went out and lobbied for or tried to get it was something that they called him and 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 he had to you know pray about it a lot and talk with his family and, and try to do what he thought was best for him and um, he loves this university um, he'll always be a bulldog uh, he'll be somebody that um... whether it's me or another athletic director or whoever comes in is going to have to lean on for um, you know what has been done the last you know six years and the history and and those things and you know in our business people talk and word gets out or rumors start and um that spreads and i'm sure he probably didn't want it to get out exactly the way it did um but you know he tried to go you know kind of quiet on it and and really decide what was best and and that's that's challenging when when things break that way um but i thought he handled it pretty well and you know inside the building we kind of knew that um you know, he had a tough decision to make, and and he was he would let us know when he finally made the decision. And you know, some things were saying that he was going to take it, but he hadn't totally made a decision um, up until you know a week prior. Or so the to, to the announcement. So,
1: well, you know, it's interesting because uh, you know he just didn't say anything because it's yep. it's his business until he makes an announcement. So he didn't uh, go save it on everybody and tell them. And he wasn't going anywhere, and then took the job. So uh. yeah, and he's you know
4: he's just a class act, and he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna do that.
1: Well, well played, well played, yeah. Scott. Let me <laughs> let me ask you about your perspective, man. You've been you've been in, in major athletics. You've been all over this country, from all sorts of different perspectives, both uh, you know, power five group of five you're a ball state guys so there's some mac right there for you some some action uh yep. and um you know fresno state also san diego state so you've been uh in these massive cities that have campuses that i know you know part of the the problem is getting people uh, you know i guess what they might be considered commuter schools you know san diego state they play at an nfl stadium so it's a giant parking lot around the stadium so i know You know what those athletic directors and and programs have to do to work with that situation. And then you come into the SEC, where I'm I'm told it just means more. Um, So you've got a lot of different perspective. What can you offer about what makes Mississippi State's athletic department in its current state different from all of the other places and, and perspectives that you have and have been to?
4: Yeah, I've had, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, that and what, you know what the next athletic director. You know what what are we looking for in that person? And and to me, um, we talk a lot about family around here, and a lot of a lot of schools like to use that. And and you know I think we need to find somebody that has the right fit. And um, being here now three and a half years, Startville is very unique, very close knit. Um, being in the SEC uh, with Mississippi State and the run we've gone on people genuinely care about each other here and we go down the halls and we we all get along we all have a vision that you know scott had kind of laid out for us and everybody's bought into that and, and that's really important we're we're on an uptick we're not it's not like scott left us in a bad spot um yeah. he just had a better opportunity you know i was trying to explain to my wife you know it, there, it's a little nerve-wracking for some of us that are right that are close to Scott because it 's kind of like a head coach leaving, and you worry that a new head coach is going to come in and bring their own coordinators in but But this head coach didn 't get fired, and you know so this this one actually was doing so well that somebody else wanted to take him, and he has a good staff in place, and we can somebody can come in and and fit right in but Mississippi State is special because of you know Dr. Keenum works closely with us. we talk with campus a lot, we talk with Startville a lot. I just came back from a community. Uh, roundtable where the county was there, the city's there, the university's there, and we're all meeting and talking about how we can better the city and the university. And and that's important here that I just didn't get. And, you know, in San Diego, we didn't do that. And and in Fresno, we didn't meet like that as much. And and people were more worried about where their next job was. And here, people want to come, and we're in the SEC, and, and you're excited to be here.
2: Yeah, Scott, talk, speak to that a little bit more, the relationship with Starkville, because in my opinion, Starbucks kind of had a, a renaissance, so to speak, over the last few years with just an excellent culinary uh, atmosphere growing around there so much. And uh, it's got a lot to do, I would assume, that you would agree to this as well with the relationship that the university and the, the city have. I mean, you don't find that really in every single college town, even in the Southeastern
4: Conference. No, absolutely. We we were actually just speaking on that today, and and Mayor Wiseman was was there and, and talked about the unique relationship that we have. That we have, a, you know, the pri the private sector and the public sector coming together, and you know, we have a convention center that sits on university property with private some private funds and having the you know the Marriott open up and. The growth here utah i kind of call it the dac effect you know um with with him coming in and people are excited we're building apartments and condos and homes and it's expanding and growing and you know you mentioned even in the three and a half years i've been here new restaurants have come in and and shops and you know it's exciting to see and the university is growing with it and, and it all goes hand in hand and if we can work together uh, it is very unique, and, and that that part of it's exciting, and that's what we're selling when recruits are coming into town or if we're trying to hire staff. I've hired over 20 staff members in, in three and a half years, and that's part of my sales pitch is this is Start Vegas. It's not the old Startville anymore. <laughs> it's a cool place to be, and recruits want to be here, and, and our fans enjoy coming in town, and it's a place that you want to come and be a part of.
1: I know in the last five or ten years, the university, its athletics department, specifically the last three or four years, they've done a really good job, um, I don't want to say, creating uh, some Mississippi State-specific heritage and traditions where there weren't necessarily many of those outside of the cowbell. Uh, hey, don't know, leave necessary. out another TJ, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, the, like the Hale State thing. I mean, that's that's Mississippi State has completely owned it. They made it their thing. They put it in the end zone. That's the website uh, address now. It's all of the Twitter handles. How much do, have you played a part in the people, like you mentioned, the staff that you've that you've added? How much has that played a part into uh, the deciding and then the 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 execution of making that Mississippi State's brand?
4: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it had already kind of been in place when I got here and you know when I came in Scott said I want that to be a focus for you and 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 uh, the brand um of you know utilizing Hail State and that's who we are when we walk around we want people to say it you know people use the you know War Eagle roll tide and you know all the different ones and we wanted to have you know, that and it has picked up and picked up and then the other thing we focused on is our uh, primary mark the the M state and understanding that that's who we are and you know when you all of a sudden run to number one people start to recognize that pretty quickly and we stay very focused on that so much so that we have you know communications um, with campus and uh, campus PR reached out to us and said hey I think we're gonna take this university-wide and make that our primary mark for the whole university and and let's all get together and do this and so we did an overhaul all over campus over the last 18 months to get everybody in every sector of the university to to go to that and that's important that we're out there all selling the same brand look feel and trying to be um, you know you want to be edgy with whether it's uniforms or the way you look but you also want to be clean and classy with it and not be too over-the-top and and so we um, you know, we really look at that, and that was important. So when I'm hiring staff and we look at graphics designers and photographers and video people, we talk about being very consistent with our look and making sure that we are all on the same page with uh, how things are going to go out and um, making sure that we don't have any mistakes so that people realize and recognize that, oh, that's Mississippi State and Hale State, and, and that's what we're about.
2: Scott, you hit on what I, what, one, of my, uh, one of my loves, and Jay knows this, uniforms, man. I'm all about the uh, the college uniform. When I was in high school, Jay and I are from Mississippi, so when I was in high school back in 99, 2000, uh, that Mississippi State uniform was legit, Jay. That thing was nice, uh, and uh, and it took a little bit of a downturn under the Sylvester Croom in the mid mid two thousands. I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to hold out on that, but it's it's had a resurgence. And you guys are wearing some pretty nifty looking uniforms this weekend, all black with a like uh, an American flag uh, draped on there. First of all, tell us about those for, uh, for the game against Texas A and M this weekend, and then my second part of that is how important is it to Uh, Not totally ditch your traditional look, but to also have fun with it a little bit, and uh, and Adidas seems to be uh, all all aboard (laughs) on doing that. Any weekend, you guys are ready to do it.
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's you have to have a balance. You know, it's almost like playing music at a game. You know, we've got um we got a younger group that really wants a a different kind of music and we have an older group that wants a different kind of music and we try to balance that well you know we got we try to be very um clean and crisp with our uniforms and then every once in a while we might dab a you know we we did the um uniform for the game in new england and and got good reviews on that and then this military appreciation uh uniform and the only thing we didn't do with this uniform that it actually was going to have a black helmet with a, a a POW on the side and we we decided against going with with adding a fourth helmet one it gets costly and two we don't have places to put them and everything else but what people don't realize is you plan this out 2 years in advance so we're actually this came about 2 years ago in a planning session with Adidas on hey what kind of strategy uniforms do you want to do for 2016 and once we figured out, we were going up to New England and Dan's uh, kind of back towards his hometown and, and going uh, where John Stark, who's uh, Starkville was named after his hometowns up there as well. And so we kind of had that little coming home type of feel to that one. And then we turned around and, and are doing this Military Appreciation one. And one of the things I did, I didn't want to offend anybody by having an all black and not having, you know, with the flag and stuff. So we went to Columbus Air Force Base and said, hey, this is something that we're looking at wearing you know is this offensive to you or anything? they were like they loved it they were like this is cool can we get one can we hang <laughs> one up you know and stuff so that's awesome once i once i got that response and and i've had a great relationship with them um and they're doing our fly over this weekend we're going to recognize them on the field so once i got that response i felt a lot better about saying okay you know a year from now when, when we're ready to unveil this uh, it's going to go over okay and Um, so adidas has been a great partner they want us to be a little edgy obviously want to sell stuff in the stores (laughs) we want to help recruits and you know our recruits and stuff they see this they want to wear this they want to you know they want to our players want to keep it they see it they're they're excited about wearing it and you know hopefully if that gives them a little more juice to get get ready for the game let's do it and um, but again don't be too over the top and and i've gotten a lot of nice emails and you obviously get a few that may uh, disagree with it, but for the most part, I'd say it's been more positive than negative.
1: Well, man, thank you so much. A lot of great insight, and we appreciate you, uh, you know, taking a good chunk of your time uh, speaking with us about uh, the athletic department and everything going on uh, at Mississippi State.
4: Well, thanks for having me on, and I appreciate it, and hail State.
1: Awesome conversation with Scott Weatherby right there, Interim Athletic Director at Mississippi State. I'm sorry, I got thrown out. Jonas started dancing right when that music came on, Jonas Adams. And uh, that was awesome. That was worth watching. All right, when we come back, the minutes and the picks. we got some awesome games to pick from this week, which means probably not a whole lot of Mississippi teams involved. So that's all coming up after this timeout. You're listening to MPB Season Pass on Think Radio.
0: Stories and shows go to MPBOnline.org. It's been an unpredictable election year, but one thing is certain on November 8th, the votes will be counted. Join us for the results, reaction, and analysis on the big night and the morning after. Tuesday at 7 on MPB Think Radio.
1: For many parents, a child's shower tummy is a scary dilemma. For others, it's just another day at the office. Tummy issues are common, but sometimes they can be a sign of something worse and lead to serious complications. This week on Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, Dr. Jimmy Stewart talks with you about the warning signs and complications with everyday children's stomach pains. That's this week on Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Jimmy Stewart, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is MBB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission.
1: Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. Time for the minutes. All right, here we go, Sam. Number one, and I know you're biased, so I know you're already <laughs> going to give me the wrong answer here. Or I don't know, just, just a biased answer. I don't know if there is a wrong or right answer. If there is not a rain delay, are the Cleveland Indians the champions of the world
2: today? Yeah, probably so. But there was. Yep. So, oh, well, I don't know what to tell you. Well, for, a, for a a team and a person such as myself who has suffered with the uh, uh, with the Jim Bullingers of the world, uh, with the Chicago Cubs, oh. who I love Jim Bullinger. I wore a turtleneck in Little League uh, as a tribute okay. to Jim. Um, That's a random pull, Jim Bullinger, but I like yeah, that, though. I don't, uh, I don't. Uh, you know, yesterday
1: not, I went with Les Lancaster and Jeff Pico and Al Nipper and Paul Ossenmacher and Rob Dernier, but yeah, no, Jim yeah. Bullinger. You trumped me with that one.
2: Yeah. So, uh yeah, you're probably right. They probably are world champions. Um I
1: say this just because the the, the Davis home run and uh, Chapman was reeling at the time. And so the Indians had all of the momentum. And then when they had that rain delay, it allowed about, what, like about a half hour for everybody to cool off. Yeah. And the Cubs came out and took care of business. And then after Joe Madden had made all of these sideways decisions— Terry Francona trumped him when he brought the same pitcher out, didn't have anybody in the bullpen. And then when that guy started off sideways, yeah, yeah the they didn't get him out of there until it was too late. Yeah. In game seven of the World Series, both those managers who are so good were both terrible last night, which, yeah. is, which is pretty
2: shocking. The Cubs won that game in spite of Joe Madden. <clears throat> and uh that's all that's all I'll really say about that <laughs> the, the the pitching decisions and the switching and the things like that taking out Kyle Hendricks uh, when he did taking putting John Lester and David Ross in the ball game of course David Ross ended up hitting a home run and making him look like a genius uh, with that move um, but none of it made any sense to me uh, to do all that at that point uh, to move the pitchers in and out when they did and uh, but hey Comes the champions.
1: All right, Ole Miss's defense Saturday versus Georgia Southern's triple option running attack. Is this worrisome? Georgia Southern averages about 300 yards a game on the ground. They're one of the top 10 rushing teams in America, and Ole Miss is one of the bottom 10 rushing defense teams in America. Zoinks. But Ole Miss is a four-touchdown favorite in this game.
2: Yeah, it's definitely worrisome, Jay. If the uh, other team has legs... At this point, it's worrisome for the Ole Miss Rebel defense. Uh, I was up there last weekend for the Auburn game. Um, Patway could have run backwards uh, through the holes that the Auburn Tiger offensive line was creating there for uh, for uh, the Tigers. And I think I told you this a couple of weeks back, but um, Leonard Fournette and his uh, jaunts against Ole Miss uh, in Tiger Stadium mm-hmm. when LSU won thirty eight to twenty one, two hundred and sixty one yards of uh, gained from by Leonard Fournette before contact in that game that's not good it's not a good stat it's not a good stat for the rebels they uh they got to shore up that run defense i suspect there'll be some uh some changes coming in the offseason coaching wise because uh sort of stuff can't continue man
1: i need Ole miss to show me what they're made of no one including the players and the coaches and the people close to the program thought they'd be sitting at three and five right now so you're a three and five team with an 11 o'clock a.m game it's going to be a tepid crowd that probably shows up late what does show up and then you've got a meaningless non-conference game against Georgia Southern who has motivation in in the fact that they're playing at an SEC school. That's a lot of things all pointing in the wrong direction. Not yeah. saying Ole Miss is going to lose this game, but I think Georgia it's Southern, who finished in the top 20 last season by the end of the year, I think they won 11 games, 11-12 games last year, so they you know how to win. They're not as good this year. I think they're 4-4 four and four right now. But if they punch Ole Miss in the mouth first, I need to see that Ole Miss... Can pick themselves up off the canvas yeah. with no motivation except personal pride because that's all it's going to be.
2: Yeah. All right. So it's going to be difficult crowd wise, too. There's not going to be a lot of people at this game. Right. I mean, it's kind of the
1: thing. And I don't understand that personally. Uh, why you rush in to watch all the games where your team could get its face kicked in, but the one where you pretty much know you're going to kick the other team's face in, nah, I don't want to see that. That is that is the, that is the such dumb logic by fans. But anyway, all right. can Mississippi State stay close with Texas A&M?
2: I don't think that they can. I think Texas A&M's offense is too much for this reeling state defense as well. I think Mississippi State's offense has looked good in the last few weeks, but A&M's defense really needs to I think they'll they'll have, they'll have a show up game. they'll have a show up game this week. I, I just don't see it happening. I, I hate being the uh, the negative Nancy over here, especially after his team just won the World Series, uh, you know, for the first time in 108 years. But big time college football for the SEC schools of Mississippi is not looking good right now. You know,
1: I, I, Texas A and M is due, you know, kind of a a, a a sour egg type of game. You think they I were they it at Alabama? Well, I they could have played as best they could and yeah it's true i mean they bama could have scored 50 and if lane kiffin you know wasn't drunk calling the game every
2: week i'll say this the time of day helps state
1: it does i agree with that that's a good call i don't know if it's going to happen i mean i i do think texas a&m is is due a bad game i don't know that it's going to happen against mississippi state though but that could if a&m plays a bad game and states on it that could keep it close all right hey will presbyterian christian school end jackson prep and ja's near two decade long stranglehold on the top classification of the mais
2: uh i think they will i think this is a, the, the year that you know that they can make this happen because uh jackson prep and ja look uh very vulnerable at this point and uh Steve's been playing very good football this year.
1: It's very interesting. Isaiah Woolard is what everybody talks about when you talk about Presbyterian Christian. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's a record-setting running back. But I watched PCS and, and Prep play their game in the regular season uh, a handful of weeks ago. Presbyterian Christian speed to the ball on defense is it, it was surprising to me, not to their fans, of course, but I was shocked how quick they get to the ball. Uh, it was impressive. They yeah. they are not a one trick pony. They're a good football team, top to bottom. Joey Hawkins is a good coach. I think this is the year too. Yeah. I think this is also the year. Uh, I think they're catching prep a year early. Yeah. Uh, with this team, it just the way the cycles work yeah. out. Uh, I, I think prep will be, you know, they'll be really really good next year. Yeah. So, all right, uh, here we go. Time for the picks. Well, let's go to break.
2: Let's go to break, and then we'll and we'll come oh, back and do the picks. Okay. Sorry. Well,
1: there you go. Sam's the producer. All right. I just talk. <laughs> We'll take a break. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio.
0: You know, this has been an unpredictable election year, but one thing is certain on november 8th votes will finally be counted join us for results reaction and analysis on the big night and the morning after tuesday at seven on mpb think radio
1: For many parents, a child's sour tummy is a scary dilemma. For others, it's just another day at the office. Tummy issues are common, but sometimes they can be a sign of something worse and lead to serious complications. This week on Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, Dr. Jimmy Stewart talks with you about the warning signs and complications with everyday children's stomach pains. That's this week on Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Jimmy Stewart, coming up
0: next on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio.
1: Thank you for having a great
0: program.
3: You guys are doing a great job, man, enjoying the show. Wow, it's such an insightful program.
0: MPB Mississippi is our mission.
1: Welcome back! It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. Just a couple minutes left in the show. Time for the picks. We'll start off with uh, some SEC football. You hear the music come in there. Number one, <laughs> Alabama Crimson Tide, eight and zero oh and five and zero oh in conference play. Uh, gonna be down at LSU for a night game, Sam. Six o'clock start on CBS. They have a double header on CBS this week. Thirteenth ranked Tigers, five and two, three and one, but that ain't their record. O'Geron as a coach, they ain't lost yet, Sam. What's what's no. gonna
2: happen? bama sorry bama just one word it's gonna be bama man uh, and like i said before lsu is not going to have the luxury of uh, running through a defense that isn't touching you
1: <laughs> all right i th- i think uh i think bama's gonna win by 10 to 13 i think they're just uh they're good i'm not gonna say that they lose until they lose until yeah. i see it with my own eyes i won't be predicti- predicting them to lose until they have already lost a game, which uh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Georgia Bulldogs in the suddenly Kentucky Wildcats, who are uh, four and two. If they could beat Georgia, they have five conference wins and are challenging for the East. What?
2: Yeah. Well, is this basketball? Are right. they dribbling down the the football <laughs> down the field here? I think Kentucky's going to keep this dream alive, Jay. I think they beat Georgia, a Georgia team that Ole Miss beat 45 to 14. Uh, and a team that Vanderbilt beat as well. I think Kentucky gets this uh, gets this done against Jacob Eason and the Georgia Dogs, and uh, we live to fight another day for the uh, the Wildcats football <laughs> d- uh, dreams of Atlanta.
1: The Eat Dirt game, the Cat-lanta Rankin County, County Super Bowl, right? <laughs> the Rankin County Super Bowl. The Brandon Bulldogs and the Pearl Pirates for a region title. Who you have?
2: Uh, well. I would love to pick Pearl in this game, Jay, but I'm not going to. Brandon has uh, got all their pieces back. I think they're charging hard for the the state championship, and they're not going to let their uh, rivals stand in their way. Brandon wins this game. Pearl
1: has hit their stride the last month or so. I think this game is exponentially closer than I would have predicted probably five, six weeks ago, but I'm with you. I've got Brandon. All right, here we go. Uh, Mississippi Valley State, who is 0 and 8 and 0 and 6 in the SWAC, is visiting Arkansas Pine Bluff, who's 1 and 7 and 1 and 5. Somebody has to win this game. Is this where Valley and Coach Kamaji? Comogy- uh, who does awesome pro bono work here? Um, <laughs> is this where he picked? And he and the Delta Devils picked themselves up off the mat.
2: Yes, I think it is. I think Delta State, I mean uh, Mississippi Valley State, gets this uh, gets this W mainly because I like Coach Kamaji, and I'm also going to go back. You skipped Starkville and Clinton on our list because we're running out of time. <laughs> Clinton is going to beat Starkville because Clinton is awesome and i lived in clinton that's <laughs> so i'm picking clinton to win but Starbucks needs this game and willie Gay showed up to show out last week let
1: me tell you what they put him they basically said and i think grenada did this with cj avery who is also uh, an amazing superstar player they just they, they decided you know what to heck with the rest of this we're putting the ace at quarterback and he's going to touch the ball every play yeah. and uh it's worked out really well for both of them a couple other games that are awesome we don't really have time to dig into them laurel and wayne county are uh, playing in waynesboro both teams are undefeated uh in conference play that's for a region title also stone uh and hattiesburg are playing what is essentially for a region title that's another awesome matchup so uh a lot of great football the two three four a playoffs are starting this week uh mais Uh, Double A and Triple A go into their second round, and the quadruple A and eight-man start this week. Our thanks to our guests today. We had uh, uh, Jason Trufant, the athletic director at the Mississippi University for Women, and Scott Weatherby, the interim athletic director at Mississippi State. For Sam, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to MPB Season Pass. We'll be here next Thursday at 10 on MPB Think Radio.
0: This forecast is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy. Live blue. It's good to be blue.